0: Welcome to Gay Porn Talk with Evan and Polly, sponsored by GayCheapPorn.com. Welcome to another week of Gay Porn Talk with your hosts, Polly and Evan. I'm Polly. And I'm Evan.
1: Hey, Evan. Hey, this was a really great week for uh, Gay Porn Talk because you were able to do an interview. Uh, unfortunately, you had to do it by yourself. I wish I was there. Uh,
0: but with the, gay, uh, the great gay erotica book. Yes, actually, uh, from uh, Dale Lazaroff. His uh, new book is Nightlife. Um, And we have excerpts if you have the enhanced version of the podcast then you'll actually be able to see some uh, pictures uh, and in in addition to just the cover so you get a sampling of his art and we have a a really great interview talk about a lot of different uh, gay erotic artists uh, and spend time actually talking about what he does because he's a writer editor he doesn't actually do the drawing he actually comes up with a story Hmm. and and sort of the whole process we talk about Alan Moore. Who, who, of course, you love from V from Vendetta. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's a very interesting conversation with, with some dirty pictures, uh, drawings in there. So um, we'll, without further ado, uh, we'll just go to it. Well, thanks. Uh, this week we have as our special guest, uh, Dale Lazaroff, uh, who is the uh, writer and editor of uh, Nightlife, and he was nice enough to send us a, a copy uh, of his new book that's, uh, I guess, already been published in in Europe. Is that is that correct, Dale?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, today's the release date in Europe, and it should be here in the next week or so. I know that uh, folks are getting it in the East Coast already.
0: Oh. And, and, and let's just let's get the commercial aspects out of the way first. So if somebody wanted to, to buy your book, let's say they've listened to the whole podcast, don't, don't stop in the middle. but they, they listen to the whole podcast. they love the, the, the couple of illustrations that we have. Where would they go and buy your book?
1: Well, Amazon is your best bet online. Uh, in the real world. Uh, generally big city independent bookstores and gay bookstores carry my stuff. Uh, <clears throat> uh, if you go to like a big city comic book store, Chances are that it's unlikely but but say if if it's a store that carries erotic comics it's very likely that they'll have it like here in Chicago, you can get it at Chicago Comics and Quimby's because they both carry uh they have a, a dedicated section for erotica and uh, since I live here, I bug them about carrying it, so I know they have it uh, but yeah you know it's it's uh, because of the kind of the work it is, it sells mostly online uh But you can. But it's very easy to order if you prefer to give your business to a local, independent bookstore, uh, because we are distributed internationally uh, by major bookstore distributors. We're not stuck in you know the circuit of comic bookstores that you know where you can only buy Wonder Woman. Uh, So so if it's not going to take a lot of trouble if people prefer to get it uh, in a in a brick and mortar store, but Amazon Mm -hmm. widely available.
0: But most likely, probably, if you if you went and sought out your local gay and lesbian bookstore, if you still have a local one, uh, they would probably have it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and uh, part of my task next week is checking that they do, because I do the marketing for the book, too. Oh, okay. So I mail them and make sure, oh, do you have it? And they say yes. And then, yeah, it's a nice way to keep a relationship with the stores, because I do want to give them business. And uh, when somebody asks me where they can get it, I I always look up where they live, and Give them a little short list of the
0: scores. and and you don't shy away from the term comic. So you wouldn't. So it's not. I I know from from reading stuff online uh, that uh, let's say the people at Pixar don't necessarily like being their work being referred to as cartoons. They're they're animators, but you don't, you don't sort of shy away from the term comic artist or, or author, I guess.
1: Well, see, this is the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, I I understand what a graphic novel is. There are so many issues about you know quality and class involved that, that people might be sort of cynical about. Like, say, there's a lot of stuff called, that people call erotica, which is not really good. It's, it's not put, put together at a high level of, of craft or that it has any values other than the pornographic, and that's fine, but when you're selling it as erotica, when it isn't, you know, I feel jipped. Plus, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, there's a certain kind of energy and fun to the books I write and edit. That you know, that's very comic, comic booky, and as a if you will, a cultural phenomenon, uh, they're not very depressing like a lot of uh, graphic novels are, and that's perfectly fine. I I read and consume graphic novels because I love the form and I love the content generally traditionally presented in them. Uh, but I think if you, if I call it graphic novel, people will think that these books are about people having gay sex and feeling shame about it, which which is really the opposite of what they are so yeah I, I i prefer to say that i write chic heart covers of gay comics
2: films.
0: okay and and in your role as as author a, a writer and and an editor maybe maybe our listeners wouldn't know but but what part does that normally play let's say as as opposed to uh, maybe somebody like uh... let's say greg fox who does their own strip uh... so that they're the illustrator the author the editor the, the whole ball of wax how, how is your job slightly different, I guess?
1: Well, because uh, it's, it's, it's more like a collaboration in the sense that there are certain things that we do separately, but we do it in conversation. It's, it's, like, it's like a dance. Uh, to be very specific, generally what I do is say, today I'm talking with an English illustrator of, uh, of uh, bear art who wants to go do comics. And he's a fan, and we've been talking online for a long time. And uh, the way that it's going to work out is, I basically pitched him an idea for a book that only he could draw, and he totally got it from word one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave him the title and the main through the idea for like two of the stories, because generally I do three to have a variety of protagonists, uh, rather than you know I am doing some uh, a single couple books and one like a small group of people book, but those are 64-page books. When I'm doing an 80-page book, I try to have three stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it was great. So basically, the first thing is try uh, think of something that the artist wants to draw. Uh, The second thing would be uh, I basically script uh, the story. Uh, Earlier on, when I wasn't that – making the transition from writing prose, fiction, and poetry into comics – I wasn't as adept at it, so my first collaborator, one of the stories helped me expand it. I still did the full script, but it was with feedback from him. Uh, But then, since then, I pretty much got the the, uh, how-to-do 24-page script for a story in one of the books. Uh, Basically, I imagine it, I imagine the page in my head, and I write a transcription of what I see in my head. Since I, I know comics really well, uh, I kind of uh, give the ar- artist a breakdown of how the panels look on the page and how they flow. They're free to interpret that and change it to improve it. Uh, and what happens in each panel? What I really care about is that the artist captures uh, the story and the character beats and the sexual choreography, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If they want to take away panels from the page or add more, that's fine. Uh, Because of the limitation of the book's length, adding pages can be a little tricky. Uh, And also because the craft of comic scripting and and, uh, from from a purely narrative rather than illustrative position involves, like what does uh, using the page flip or the two-facing pages Mm -hmm. in a narratively interesting way, like uh, the last panel of the page on the right, usually by and large, almost always asks you to flip over to the next page. Mm-hmm. So you can't end on a panel that's sort of vague or doesn't ask you to to see what comes next, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you then if you use a facing uh, image, it has to be something that, uh, uh, let's say if you have two facing pages, the right-hand page also uh, has to sort of ask, should sort of be in a relationship with the peer's page so you can understand the meaning if if, uh, if if it's in other words, if it needs a little more clarification um, like say in uh, in my second book manly, uh, you had one page where two characters are sort of uh, the implication is that they're discussing why they didn't hook up earlier because one of them one of the characters is a really shy guy, mm-hmm. and the thing is in order to get the readers to understand. That what they were discussing. The facing page had to have the, the characters making out. So uh, in the reader's imagination, they are able to see how uh, one the one page leads to the other, and they fill in the information. It's not that it sounds like it's thinking, and it's not because because people do uh, do read very instinctively, and and the right. and the storytelling is extremely clear in the books. Uh, but because these are silent comics designed for an international audience, I have to be very mindful of how the storytelling works uh, <clears throat> in a way that someone who de- can depend on uh, dialogue and captions to articulate subtleties in the narrative, everything has to be told visually. So I imagine the page visually and, uh, and try to see it not only from the individual page, because each page is kind of like a paragraph. It has to have a point but also how the pages relate to each other and how they face and how they flip from from right to left hand. Uh, so so it, 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 it's a level of craft and narrative skill that I really enjoy using. For me, it's a fun, creative, and satisfying game in itself. Uh, then what happens is I give the script to the artist and by and large most artists will do character designs first. Actually, that's all of them have done character design first, and I give them feedback on what isn't working for me. By you know, by and large, they get it right on the first try. Usually, it's one or two things like this uh, body looks a little too uh, too muscular. He's he's a little more a swimmer, Can you bring it down a little bit? Or or his pecs are just not big enough because he's supposed to be humongously pectoralized. Mm-hmm. Or stuff like that. So um, uh, then the next stage is they send me layouts which are small either very small or very loose arrangements of what the page will look like i mean it's not fully illustrated it's kind of like drawn so you know where the bodies are in space and and uh, and and to get sort of the feeling of the page uh, by and large that stage is really you know basically you're telling them i i really can't follow how this panel follows the other or or uh, the, the the bodies here seem kind of to 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 be to be kind of banal, you know not banal banal is not a word I would use because it sounds kind of I mean, it goes like there's let like, say that it doesn't look very exciting uh, the way it's laid out can you try it again mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth uh, but by and large the people I collaborate with are extremely skilled and uh, it's just you know fine tuning the storytelling at that stage. Then uh, the artist either sends me the pencils or the, uh, or the inks if, it, if, they, if, they, if they choose to do both stages before showing it to me. Uh, and I will, like, nitpick on, like, say, stuff like anatomy or, like, the, the facial expression doesn't really communicate what's going on. Very rare. It's just, you know, little things here and there uh, to make things better. Uh, then the last stage I give notes on, is on the coloring. If we have a separate colorist, as we do in nightlife, uh, basically is that does this coloring really fit the mood of the moment? Uh, coloring is another, another interpretive act. So if you have a colorist who doesn't get yeah. it, it'll be really clear. Uh, and Jan Dumino, you know who colored nightlife, just totally nailed it. It's very rich and textured and very uh, nocturnal. Uh, and uh, he just absolutely adds another layer to the erotics of the page by the way he shadows and colors the muscles and 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 uh, and the scene and uh, even in, even in the backgrounds he will add little details of that to the narrative like uh I, my favorite bit of of, of his addition was he drew in in the subway train all sorts of heterosexist pornography
2: mm-hmm. just
1: to support the point that uh this younger guy in in the train had the choice to respond to the erotics of the female body, but he is actually engaged by watching two guys kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and also after to the whole thing is like, you know, there's a superfluity of validation for heterosexual behavior and for, uh, the male, the heterosexual male gaze. And it's important to have, you know, gay sexuality and gay tenderness be part of the scene given just how much straight stuff is around, uh, so anyway, at that point, the book the book is finished. So, uh, besides writing the script and imagining this, and thinking of the basic idea and creating the characters and who they are and their relationship to each other, I basically uh, assist and advise my collaborators onto doing the best possible job, uh, and and they want that. They they want. Decisive feedback. They they want to be told this isn't quite working. This anatomy is kind of wonky, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And and the thing is, uh, it it, it, it's a collaboration. It's a team. You know, I'm sure I do ask them for advice on the scripts too, Uh, and I find it very gratifying when they really get it and they tell me. Obviously, the art tells me that they get it. But if they once they read it and they say, Wow, this is fantastic. Can't wait to draw it, or like or or like, Well, you, you really we are able to to get you know kind of a sweetness in the story involving guys you wouldn't ordinarily think would be sweet that that is very satisfying so the, prim, the you know they're like we're each other's primary first audience uh, and and if we are turned on and if we are excited uh, and if we love the work uh, it, you know how unlikely is it that people won't respond to it? So yeah, that's pretty much you know that's 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 my role in the relationship. I'm sort of you know I'm sort of I mean I can't draw, but I love art and I'm an artist. Hang around and I've read a lot of comics, okay. so so I so I bring a lot of of, of of expertise as an editor,
0: as well. And and in terms of the publisher Brunner uh, um mm-hmm. did, what what what. What's their part? I mean, do you do you get feedback from them? Do you get sort of notes from them, or are they basically just sort of they'll give it to us and we're going to publish it? Uh,
1: for two of the books, we've had that. They do have a choice. They do ask us to give them three cover images, mm-hmm. so they choose uh, which one they like. I collaborated on the design with the uh, with our editor, who's a graphic who's a masterful graphic designer. So if you look at the three covers of. Uh, of my books, that they've done so far, they they look like they're a brand, because that's part, that's important too, to mm-hmm. so people be able to get that they're within the same the same kind of book, uh, and uh, you know they have asked us for a couple of notes for revision, but by and large, uh, I was able to resolve the situation without making the change, or you know there was a change that needed to be done anyway that that I but I didn't foresee. Like, they, they tend to be very, uh, uh, let me put it this way, uh, they, they tend to be a little more practical than me, and I'm a fairly practical guy. Like, mm-hmm. say, for example, for me, it's okay if you have a page that has no immediately homerotic content if it's part of the story or part of the romantic subtext of it. Uh, they uh, they would, in one page in Nightlife, they asked us to redraw because the characters were too small in the in the image. To to register as an erotic object, and I had no problem with that because the part of that page wasn't an erotic one, uh, but in you know, but you know, the uh, uh, both, uh, luckily both uh, Bastian and Jan were available to redraw and color that page, so we were able to stick it in, in the book uh, right before it went to press.
0: Uh, one thing, and maybe you've sort of touched on this. I what I the, one of the senses that I sort of got from looking at Sticky and Manly and Nightlife, uh, your three your three books with um, the same publisher, is that you, you you're not really sort of using any sort of uh, thought or speech balloons at all. Um, I, I guess I assuming that that's sort of conscious. Is that because of international or is that because of a stylistic uh, decision?
1: Well, the the the. the I mean, it, it fulfills two functions. Number one, it, it, you know, it saves us from having to go through the trouble of getting multiple editions in different languages, mm-hmm. uh, which compounds the major problem, which is I do not want to write bad point dialogue. Right. Um, and also, when you have dialogue, that creates certain demands in terms of the non-factual scenes, and it's much easier and much more compact uh, to just leave it implied. Like say, uh, the one thing I don't want to write is like two guys talking in a coffee house because that's a standard independ- indie relationship oriented romance comic. And, uh, I can have that happen in the story without me, ha- without, without me having to spend a lot of time with it and let the writer, sorry, let the reader invest the story with that content. Uh, so, and, and since it's gonna be that way, I might as well write to exploit the, uh, uh, to exploit the situation where, where the reader is dependent on to, to give words to the images if they want to. Uh, I mean, and most people listen to porn with, with a sound off, anyway. So, and, and you know, Tom of Finland, for example, wrote uh, comics without dialogue or captions where everything was told through facial expression and body language. So it's not like I'm doing something extraordinarily out of the realm of possibility. Uh, it's been done. Uh, I, I I do it differently, and I do it and, and I do it with a certain with, with a certain uh, panache in terms of you know how to show people relating and people having. I, I try to give a context to the sexuality and use the sexuality to reveal character just as much as the non-sexual scenes. Uh, but as a friend of mine, the setup is really important to make you feel that these are people having sex and not just bodies. Uh, so, so, so there's a whole bunch of things that get resolved. Uh, it's a limitation that actually solves problems and creates challenges that I find very interesting as a writer and as an editor. Uh, mainly, you know, like say, for example, uh, uh, it's, a, it gives me a chance to be subtle in a way that isn't, uh, that isn't so, uh, that isn't, find away with it. It gives a chance to be subtle with, uh, in a way that's obvious that the reader should look for subtlety but without sort of being difficult in a sort of like, ah, oh, try to understand me now, you know? So so it, it's it's it fulfilled you know, doing the comics silently, uh, without dialogue or captions or thought balloons really makes the book special. And and, and in terms of its non erotic qualities because part of the, what we're responding to is bad comics and bad gay comics and bad gay porn comics. But people can't deny that the work is extremely well-crafted because it works with the limitation of not using text. Well, I have written... Uh, I wrote a short comic with dialogue... Uh, well, actually with captions. and um, The captions were, were uh, poetic in style and the comic was drawn by eight different artists. Uh, and it worked really well. So I can choose to use dialogue or captions, and I've written prose fiction that has lots of dialogue, uh, but uh, the comics really, really work particularly well without dialogue or captions. So, you know, it's an easy choice for me, and I don't foresee myself being a new at some point to not write gay-routed comics without dialogue or captions. Uh, so, you know, it's a it's a limitation, and for me, it's also an opportunity.
0: Okay, I, I did see that uh, from looking at your online biography, you're, you're planning to do a collaboration with uh, Miyoki?
1: Yes, yes, Miyoki, who drew Side by Side. He, right now, he's doing the sequel to Side by Side, which should be out uh, either next fall or next spring. Uh, but he, he contacted me if, about a year or two ago. Uh, and I was like delighted because I, I'm going like, wow, an artist of your caliber is asking me to write for him. Uh, and, uh, but because of, you know, we all sort of do this for love on our spare time. Uh, he has a full-time job as an illustrator and he does his own stuff. Uh, for, and he's busy doing his own stuff for the second book, which I've seen some pages on, which are just amazing. Uh, so it's probably gonna take about two
0: or three more years before our collaboration comes out. Uh, is, so I, I guess that, that sort of leads to another question, which are, are, is there, sort of a, is, are there particular artists that you gravitate towards looking at, at Sticky, at Manly, at Nightlife, and, and the work at uh, Stephen McIsaac Mac, uh, and Amy Colburn and, and Bastian Johnson, they're all similar but, but different. Are, is there a particular artist that you gravitate towards?
1: Well, I give it to people who are able to, uh, uh, who have, who are able to draw expressive characters uh, that are still very hot and, and anatomically correct. Uh, I would say that if you ask me to work with an English-style artist from the uh, late, early 90s, I would run away screaming because that's the last thing they do. Uh, they, they're not very good at any sort of uh, subtlety in facial expression or in body language. So uh, if you if you were to say uh, if, if someone who weren't able to do that, I would say uh, you know I would love to write for you, but perhaps it won't work for this kind for the kind of stuff I'm doing. Um, say if someone who draws the exact same body type over and over, that's also someone who I would say well you need to sort of vary things for me, for it to work for me. Um, and uh, all three are very good at doing multiple. Body types, mm-hmm. and they're good at facial expressions and and uh, and and uh, acting, if you will. They can act on the page in a way uh, that's essential for the material to work. Um, so I would say that it, that's a quality that needs to be there. Uh, also, someone who's able to work within their mode of illustrator without depending too much on the cliches of their style. Uh, like uh, there's a couple of manga artists I would love to work for because they're able to do distinctive characters within the manga mode. Uh, at the same uh, the same time, by and large, most uh, people who do bar manga, which is sort of like the muscle bear mm-hmm. or bear, you know, or, ma- or muscle Mary stuff because there's, you know, kind of different distinctions between them. Uh, who can, who just use the standard manga expressions. They have this very anatomically perfect body with a face that looks like he's six years old. Mm-hmm. That really just doesn't work for me. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I, all my artists have their own sort of origins and the kind of, uh, uh, you know, toolbox of, 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 of things that they use from their traditions. But an artist who isn't very creative, uh, in terms of, of their source of inspiration or how they use the tropes of their design style, mm-hmm. I wouldn't work. And it's not just a manga thing. There are folks who do retro cartooning style, and, you know, it's really beautiful stuff, but I don't think it would work in a narrative form. It works in pen-ups, but in that form it would require a lot more subtlety of expression. And in better, for better or worse, my stuff has a certain kind of slice-of-life quality, so, uh, so the, the the level of uh, abstraction and cartooniness needs to be still working a, in a fairly more realistic character-based context. Uh, I mean, uh, Steve style is traditional slice-of-life indie comic stuff, so it was no problem. Amy is uh, very manga and Disney, but she was able to sort of project a certain... Uh, quote unquote realism and how the characters interact, even though it still has that sort of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she worked perfectly. Uh Baskin is very much uh you know, Marvel in the early eighties with a lot of so he's able he does really dynamic art uh with a with a lot bit of a of an influence out of the sixties illustrators and in the way that his his panels design and his the way he has people in space is very dynamic. Uh I mean, you know, he's able to do characters that look like people even though it still has that sort of, you know, 80s Marvel superhero flavor to it. I mean, it's I I may be misdescribing it because it's a lot more realistic, mm-hmm. but still, you know, you can the, the John Byrne in him is really you can taste it when you look at the pages.
0: I agree. Um do you have any interest in in doing animation?
1: Uh, You know, uh, if uh, uh, Batman Brave and the Bold called me up and asked me to write for them, I would quit my job. Uh, I love animation. Uh, uh, You know, it's and I love, uh, you know, I I love the arts in general, both high and and popular. Uh, I would, now specifically doing animation in terms of erotic art, that's uh, just the level of work... And the level of how much you would give, have to give up in terms of uh, of the quality of line and the background design. It's like it's like you know if you compare uh, Super Friends to the actual 70s DC Comics, mm-hmm. the level of quality is really obvious. Right, uh, and that's because in order to say, in order to keep it within a reasonable budget, they have to cut corners. And I, if somebody said oh, we'd love to do an animated version of uh, of Manly, uh, actually, uh, it's conceivable because the art is is uh, cartoony and Disney. I mean, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a, it would lend itself much more to adaptation than nightlife or sticky. Uh, I would have to say uh, how much how how much do you have, uh, could, do you need to simplify the characters and. And uh what quality uh, of the artists are going to work with, uh, whos is going to be marketed to, uh, will you have time to spend as much time you know as the story, as the book does on character stuff and on sexual choreography? because imagine uh, I mean uh, uh, we're talking it would require to we just to get the way the sex is represented in that book will require uh, anime levels of complexity in terms of how to reveal the movement and and frame the situation, the camera movement, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that uh, from a purely practical point of view, it can't be done. Uh, would it be awesome? Yes.
0: Okay. I, I'm not sure if you heard, I, We probably a couple months ago I did a review of, uh, of a German uh, video, uh, Drawn to Fuck, um, which was uh, from Spritz uh, video, which actually, the the, the the plot of the the gay porn movie was sort of a, the, a guy going in and buying uh, this comic book, and and you'd sort of you'd have um, sort of images, quote unquote, from the comic book that would then sort of morph into into live action, which was very very interesting.
1: Well, I, I you know I hadn't come across that, so I should
0: check it out. It's 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 much more uh, simplistic, and it's sort of the. Ken Burns sort of you, you're going over still pictures in order to sort of show the motion and then they sort of it, it's interesting from the from my review I said that uh, the interesting thing was that you, you sort of saw these as sort of uh, drawn as, as sort of caricatures as comics and then we sort of transition to to the actual boys or, or, or models or men who were there and it's that, that interesting and they also allowed him to do some things in fact there was one scene where there was somebody who was um on a windsurfer who crashes into a ship And that's sort of the setup for, for the, the porn but you know to show That would have been very difficult on film Whereas putting it there from the comic book form you, you got to see it And then we just sort of looked at the after effects
1: Yeah well you know one of the benefits of Comics is that there's no limits in budget And uh, special effects uh, So so you know Of course the artists you know Complained that I gave them crowd scenes but part of the part of the thing is is I want to show people relating in a social context, uh, and then in a, in a, with a sense unity because that part adds to the romance and adds to the slice of likeness. Uh, I mean, I, I, I imagine having to render that in animation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I mean, it would be just a whole bunch of shapes drawn in gray in the background, like in really bad 80s cartoons. Um, so no, I, I would. Uh, I, I that sounds that sounds like an interesting way of, of getting around the limitation of live action uh, by ha- you know, by having the setup be in a comic book that somebody's looking at. Uh, I I wouldn't you know uh, doing something like the Watchmen uh, animated comic. Mm-hmm. I would I, I wouldn't bother. I mean it, it's it, it's so much of comic bookness depends on the page. And, and how the reader reads it. Uh, plus, you know, then they would have the issue of music and sound effects and, you know, oh no, the dialogue problem again. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm very skeptical about it working for a whole bunch of reasons. It, it, it's like, you know, you know, I like the fact that it's a comic book. I mean, the comic books have a certain thing that only comic books can do.
0: That's very Alan Moore of you, So
1: Well, Alan Moore doesn't mind the adaptations. Uh, he just says, "Well, the books are still there." Uh, what he minds is when people claim that that he is uh, approving of the adaptation, Then he loses his shit. <laughs>
0: um, and and I guess uh, who do you? I guess and and we're actually going to do a lightning round in, in a minute or two, where I'm going to ask you about about a whole bunch of uh, gay artists and, and sort of get your quick uh, sort of take. But before I do that. Is there anybody who you see as a, as a big influence on your work, uh, primarily? Just just one or two.
1: Well, uh, I would say if it's if it down to three, it would be Tom Wilson, Alan Moore, and the cult in shorts from the early seventies, where they still spend time before and after the sex, showing people relating in an emotional way and have a little bit of a sense of humor. And it wasn't so much about the posing
2: mm-hmm.
1: that they do nowadays, which is fine. But, you know, there are lots of post based gay erotic comics out there. That's just not what I do.
0: And and those a lot of the cult stuff have been re released under DVD, which is really great because some of these things that came from sort of the 8mm um, are, are really very interesting to see now.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and even uh, I would say there's, my favorite one wasn't even done by Cold, it was done by another company called Zeus, not to be confused with the Zeus that does. The S and M stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's one piece about two guys in a wood shop and it's lunchtime, and then they decide to have sex, and they flip for each other. It's very, very playful, and even though there's a bit of an age differential, because one of them is you know in his early 30s and one is in mid 20s, mm-hmm. and, and they're kind of one is clearly more daddy than the other. There's no none of that power play shit. It's very friendly and fun, and then you know after they had the sex, we have this wonderful scene where they ex- where they exchange just this absolutely radiant, sweet smiles with each other, and I'm going, wow, that is just absolutely wonderful to see in porn. Uh, so that's certainly an influence just as much as you know uh, the Tom Selleck guy smiling while having two cocks up his ass. Uh, but yeah, porn that smiles is a big thing for me. Both as a consumer and as a maker uh, in terms of alan moore certainly the the complexity of of his storytelling and how he's able to take something that's supposedly uh mediocre or, or crappy and turn it into something really magnificent uh, not that i'm not that I could even get to some of what stuff he's done uh but but uh but yeah uh, although his porn is far more cerebral than mine I'm a fact, I would say I mean lost Girls is a very cerebral book. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of an interesting contradiction, uh, because uh, one of the ways you make something relevant is by making it emotionally powerful, and I don't really find his uh, his his gay uh, his, his, his erotic comics that emotionally powerful. They're complex conceptually, but I I, I find myself kind of absent when I'm reading them. And it's not because they're straight. The, the gay stuff in it I just find it very kind of cold. Uh, and, and, and that's from, and that's stick softening for me. I'm sorry. Okay. But, but yeah, yeah, th- those are the three main influences, like little things here and there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, primary yeah. yeah. I mean, I could, I could claim that romance, the ra- romance comics that my sister saw when I was a kid might've been an influence too. They, they, you know, might be something that I don't recall very clearly, but I remember reading them, uh, you know, because nobody ever bothered to tell me that they were for girls. <laughs> That's
0: true. Um, so I'm, so yeah. So, uh, so. so are you ready for the lightning round? Yes, I am. Okay, so this, we'll try and keep them short, but be, feel free if you do feel like you want to expand on on any of these. I'm just going to go through artists and uh, just go to get a, get a quick take whether they're an influence you know them or, or of course feel free if you if you've never heard of them. So um, um. Eric Corner, uh, Ethan Green.
1: I love, 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 love his comic strip. Uh, I, I, have to say that towards the uh, the second or third book, i started to lose interest. Uh, mainly, uh, mainly because it became less, less jokey, uh, and or the jokes became less integrated. Uh, but it became more like an autobiographical strip.
0: Jerry Mills, uh, Poppers.
1: Uh, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure I read him, but I don't recall anything offhand.
0: Okay. How about uh, AJ, The Adventures of Harry Chess?
1: Oh, oh, the stuff is really fun to look at. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I, I kind of like the frothiness of it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and at the same time, I don't think I could do that level of frothy. But I do appreciate his his, uh, his uh, lightheartedness.
0: Harry Bush.
1: Harry Bush, oh my God! I mean, I generally don't go for young guys, but his guy, you know, but his his turn on is so trans- so clearly communicated by the work that I have to get turned on. Um, I don't think he did any narrative work. I think he was mostly a pen up artist. Right, uh, but uh, but he kind of suffers from uh, from you know, like at a certain point, he gets a little repetitive.
0: How about Tim Barella from uh, Leonard and Larry?
1: Oh, he's great. I really, I, really, I thought his stuff is really a lot, of, really a lot of fun, and uh, he draws really just gorgeous, gorgeous bears. I mean, it's like, it. Sometimes I just want to go with a page of his to the Lone Star in San Francisco and say, "You're the one that most closely resembles his character, so you, you, you call him with me." Uh, but yeah, I, I, and, and, and you know, again, some stuff, you know, way ahead, way ahead of, of its time. Really, unfortunate that people don't know more about him. Uh, because the stuff is very, uh, 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 I would say that straight people would, would enjoy it if, if they get a chance to read it.
0: How about Patrick Fillion?
1: Patrick Fillion is a friend of mine. Oh. We've actually hung out. We hung out in, uh, in in Seattle when we did a panel at the Seattle Electric Arts Conference. He, uh, I, you know, I, I, in my secret in my and in, in my secret fantasies, I want to do a super group book with him. If you will. <laughs> uh, uh, and and uh, and well, you know, he gets a chance to do uh, fantasy and genre-based stuff in a way that I can't, because my publisher has an issue with the su- with a uh, with the supernatural and the fantastic. They like their stuff slice of life, even if it's cartoony and cute, as in their case with their new pirate book. Uh, they they want it to be uh, not you know non fantastic. And I think partly because they did some. Uh, they did it like a leather planet science fiction book and this sort of like soft core boy superhero fantasy book that, that didn't do well and I think they mistook the individual lack of success of those books for the, uh, uh, the generic failure of getting interest. That said it might also be a question of format uh, uh, Patrick's books are traditional comic book floppy pamphlets. Uh and and uh Wunder doesn't publish those. They do hardcovers. So it may be that the audience for floppies wants the fan wants, you know, the superheroes thing and I read superheroes so I'm not a flop. Uh, and the hardcover folks want something that's a little more slice of life and within the boundaries of the possible. Uh so I, I find I, I find this company very, very compelling uh, some of the books he's published by other people are just awesome. I'm particularly thinking of, uh, Brother to Dragons, which I wish I'd written, mm-hmm. uh, and that's like the highest compliment I could ever pay. Um, uh, and at the same time, uh, I, uh, I, think, uh, I, you know, and I submitted a book of mine to them that is within the fantasy genre. So obviously I would love to work with class comics, give them the opportunity, um, But yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I'm looking, of Patrick's upcoming books, the one I'm most looking forward to is uh, uh, Boy Toon Adventures, which he basically does animated, uh, American animated style, uh, retro versions of his characters. And since I really love that style, I really am looking forward to it. Okay.
0: How about uh, Jared Uh, What
1: What has he done?
0: Uh, you did mostly one strip, uh, single frame stuff, uh, mostly back in the uh, 90s.
1: Oh, well, you know, I was broke in most of the 90s, so I probably don't, that's probably why I remember.
0: Um, How about the Hun?
1: The Hun, I mean, I mean uh, on, a, on a purely animalistic level, I find his, uh, his uh, butch guys hot, but I find his art and stories very samey and that turns me off. And plus, you know, there's a lot of uh attachment to uh, uh giving suffering to get pleasure. And you know, and and you know, the implications of emotional cruelty which I find really just, you know, fantastically dick-softening. Uh, so so if if uh I mean, he does what he does extremely well and the parts of it that don't do it for me uh, on a purely on a purely basic level, if a guy like that hit on me, it would not take very long for me to say yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: but at the same time, I kind of go, I want something a little more from my comics.
0: How about Michael Broderick uh, from Hot Lead and Just Us Guys?
1: Oh, he's great. He's great. Uh, actually, I asked him to collaborate on a book with me about five or six years ago, and he was interested... But it sort of went nowhere and then when the book came out I was like going, Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would uh I, I would say I definitely like his style. Uh it's it's very it's a nice sort of uh uh middle ground between hyper masculine realist stuff and retro cartoony. Mm-hmm. Uh and I find that extremely extremely appealing. Uh so I wanted to but but his stuff is not very narrative and uh, and in fact, I would say that uh, the implication uh, there's no emotional implication in his illustrations. If I'm thinking of the right guy,
0: no, you think you, uh, are, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, and that for me is a big missing. Like it's beautifully beautiful. The guys are my type. They're doing things I want to see, but there's absolutely no emotional content to it.
0: But I think he really could work with somebody like you, to be honest.
1: I think so, too, which is why it surprised me that I never heard back from him. Mm. Uh, and, I, and the thing is, he did uh, do a book with Wunder, and part of the situation was... Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm the writer-editor-slash-agent, so he, what probably happened is he decided to do a book of illustrations on his own. And, you know, I mean, it, and, 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 you know not responding is a way of saying no, for better or for worse. I dislike it, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of East Coast, and, and uh, mm. I kind of I'm, I can deal with rejection, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if he were to say they'll write me a book, I would say, yes, absolutely." Uh, but I would like him if he, if he becomes inconsistent about staying in touch, I would probably just say, "You know, let me just give this script to someone else.
0: I only got, I've got two more of uh, yes. uh, One is Greg Fox, Kyle's Bed and Breakfast.
1: Yes, I, I enjoyed *House of breakfast a great deal. Uh, I, again, you know, I, I again, it's, it's like it's a very own specific genre. They're kind of, it's, it's sort of like the the uh, jock Mary Worth, as I feel like to say. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't write it. I wouldn't be able to write it myself, uh, and and I enjoy it for what it is. And I think his guys are very cute. He himself is awesomely nice. And if we ever had the chance to collaborate, I, I would work with him. But, you know, he writes, in, uh, he writes his own stuff, and, and he does something very specific. And I imagine that given the pressures of having to come up with strips at that rate, he wouldn't have time to work in something with me.
0: Okay. And and last but not least, uh, Brad Parker.
1: Brad Parker. Uh, can you remind me what it is it
2: that he's doing?
0: Uh Brad Parker uh, did uh, – he had a, a book out, Oh Boy – um, he also did uh, stuff, I'm trying to remember, he did Jason, um, a lot of single strip stuff.
1: Oh, oh yes, I, you know, the thing is I keep think- I make the mistake of thinking he is Jason, uh, which is funny. Yeah, I, I actually hung up, I met him at Ape, uh, the Alternative Press Expo, a few weeks ago and I almost made him cry because I thanked him for Jason. I, I definitely... You know, Love, love is a uh, sort of like sitcom Archie gay comics, which I've been reading since the 80s. Uh, so I was very pleased to meet him. And, and you know, I mean, people, it's hard to do it now. I imagine what it would have been to work on this stuff in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and, and he's still doing it. Uh, and and, and uh, he is a very chipper, optimistic, friendly guy, which is astonishing. But, but yeah, I, I really... I really love his stuff and have uh and you know, I, I'm glad to have met him and have signed
0: copies of it now. Wow, okay. Well I, that that's that's basically it for me. Any any sort of uh closing remarks and uh or, or reminders about uh nightlife you want to leave us with?
1: Actually I would love to hear your opinion about nightlife.
0: Oh, I thought Nightlife was, was absolutely great. I thought it it, it worked really well. Um, it's, uh, I, I think everything, all, the entire point was, was across without any sort of, uh, captioning or, or, you know, balloons. I, I thought that it was, it was interesting, all the pairings. I thought it was, uh, a very interesting style. Um, uh, I would certainly credit, uh, Bastian Johnson, uh, as, as sort of giving it a particular look. And you talked about the fact that, uh, Jan, uh, Dominil, uh, had, um, it does have sort of a dark look, which I think adds to sort of the the ambiance of the entire book. Um, I, I think it's very erotic. I think that they're, they're for a lot of our, our listeners who may uh, sort of come here for for porn reviews and sex toys. They may not. I don't know. Maybe they're not as open to uh, erotic art as as something that would make them hard. But I think for a lot of them, they they are. And I and I, I certainly on that level. I would greatly recommend the book, so
1: well thank you thank you I, I'm glad to hear it because uh, uh, people who 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 are able to get this at a at a much more deeper level are are rare and so I really appreciate your your appreciation oh as well but-
0: absolutely and as i said i'm 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 a fan of yours and a fan of 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 all the different actually all the different artists that we talked about and including the lightning round. So, um, and I, I think it, it's it's terrific, and I look forward. Uh, I know from your online profile that you're going to be doing a sequel. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I've, the scripts were written the last few weeks. Uh, you know, it was really cute because Abaddon just sort of suggested, flirted that he would do another book with me, <laughs> and in a in a very coy and amusing way, via email, and I just said, "Well, sure. Well, this is what I'm about to do for the next." Uh, for the next book, and you know, I wrote the scripts in three weeks, and they're all done. And, and he always had one character design, uh, and it's amazing. So, so, uh, but you know, right now we're both focusing on on promoting the book, and he's off on vacation for a little while too. Uh, so I don't, I don't foresee uh, me starting to get pages on it uh, for maybe another month or so, because you know they have huge long vacations in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very pleased to know the book and it's going to race, it, 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 you know, just from the scripts alone, you know, one of them has, is like, is a 32 page story that has 10 pages of choreography of erotic uh, stripper dancing, hmm. uh, which is going to be so awesome to see drawn. Uh, so, Cause I thought, you know, yeah, the, the happy stripper story is, is part of the cliche and I wanted to actually show, an articulated stripping scene that that shows, you know, how the uh, the an audience member gets hit on by the stripper, and in, in a very kind of a cute and, and very hot. And it's 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 a it's it, it'll it'll I don't want to spill any more beans. Okay. Uh, and uh, and the second script for Nightlife Two will have a differently abled character, uh, a paraplegic, and I researched paraplegic gay sex for it too. So I'm very, very excited
2: about
0: that. Just to say, oh, I did the first one. <laughs> so, well, well, thank you so much. I, I, I really appreciate it and, and taking all the time to sort of talk about the entire process that I think a lot of our listeners may not have known. Um, and uh, I, I will uh, wholeheartedly say go, go pick up Nightlife when it comes out, either on Amazon or your local uh, bookstore.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Oh, those guys are fast! <laughs>